Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through, and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's, it's the, the Arner Adventures, Adventures Podcast. Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Shannon. And I'm Jerry. Betty White, our sweet bundle of white furry joy, is hanging here with us. And we're back for episode 95 of the Arner Adventures podcast. The big nine five. That's right. Mm -hmm. Well, today, the day that it actually goes live, drops, as the kids say, it is World Mental Health Day, October 10th. So we're so happy to have a guest today that embodies mental health advocacy in every sense of the word. Everything he does, his life is just so great. Yeah, Kevin Berthia is our guest today, and oh my, you are in for a treat. Definitely. We're going to get more into Kevin in just a minute, but before we dive into today's episode, we do want to address that we're going to be discussing the topic of suicide. It's a sensitive but important subject that can be triggering for some listeners. If you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide, we do urge you to seek help from a mental health professional, or we have a helpline we can share with you. In the United States, you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255 for immediate assistance. Or you can use the crisis text line by texting HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. Please prioritize your well-being and remember that there is help and hope available. And speaking of hope, you're going to hear that message a lot in today's conversation. Kevin Berthia, what an honor it was to have this conversation. It was such an important conversation. Kevin is, and we told him this, that he comes up in our conversations in life more than he could possibly ever imagine. So he is definitely a spark in our lives. And you know what? Rather than continuing to get into how wonderful he is, you're going to hear it. So should we just get to the conversation? Uh, spark indeed. And let's get to the convo. Well, we're so excited about today's guest. We told you a little bit about him, but we are officially with him now. His name is Kevin Berthia. Kevin Berthia is a remarkable suicide survivor, advocate, and speaker who embodies resilience and hope. His powerful journey began in silence, where he grappled with unimaginable pain and kept it hidden. Throughout high school and into his early 20s, Kevin was known as the life of the party. However, his life took a dramatic turn when he attempted suicide at the Golden Gate Bridge, a moment that transformed his existence. Since 2013, Kevin has been captivating audiences, including us, with his candid and inspiring story, revealing how he overcame his pain and embraced life to the fullest. His mission is to inspire others to break their own silence, seek the help that they need. His message of hope has touched diverse audiences globally, including appearances in various magazines, on local and national news stations. His story was even featured on The Steve Harvey Show, Red Table Talk, and Dr. Phil. And furthermore, his iconic photo standing on the Golden Gate Bridge made the front page of the San Francisco Chronicle and was included among the 75 most iconic photos of the 21st century. Kevin, thank you so much for being here. That is so much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, man. Thank you. Um, grateful for grateful the opportunity. Thank you. Oh, no, we're, we're grateful, especially just it would have been great anytime, but especially World Mental Health Day when this is going to be live. And we're just uh, so excited. We told you a little bit before you came on here how we've been following uh, your work and your advocacy for a while. And talking about that photo, um, you know, I think probably most people probably encountered you from that photo. I mean, we did. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember, and I, I, I do want to be really respectful. So just tell me if, if we, we don't want to go there, but I, 
I remember just that feeling of seeing it and just imagining somehow just like being in your shoes. And it's just, you know, we talk about mental health a lot on this show and uh, things that we have gone through, but you're, are you able to reflect back on, and I guess because you do speak a lot about it, but are you able to look back at that moment and just understand the, the gravity of it, of just, your stance and everything it to me it almost seems like you you really just didn't you you just didn't have a care it just it seems like you're so loosely there you know what I mean yeah I mean I I, I believe I believe everybody has the the worst day of their life um but do you have a picture um this this is a picture of the worst day of my life and I think that's the difference between me and anybody I mean you know we've all had this struggling day we've all had these dark days but I have a picture I have something that, that I can go back to and look at and say, that was the worst day of my life. It was the day that that um, the world saw me lose complete hope. Um, you know, when when a, when an individual loses hope, that's it. Um, you, you know, we can we can go, you know, days without eating, <laughs> minutes mm-hmm. without breathing. But but that one second without hope is the thing that that I think that we have to be mindful of when somebody loses that that is when life is difficult and life, life that dark, you are surrounded and covered into that darkness and you don't see any light. Um, and that's where I was at March 11, 2005. I was 22 years old. I had spent my whole life lying about who I was. Um, the hardest thing that I've ever had to do in my life was try to pretend to be something that I wasn't. And I think that we live in a world where so many people are trying to be pretend to be something they are um, for people that are pretending to be something that they are. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a this is what we do and um i think that for so many years i i didn't understand mental health um and a lot of us don't and so that we 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 get into triggering events not even know what triggers are. i mean you know all these different things not what are triggers what are what are you know emotions what are feel all these different things i didn't I had no idea what i was up against and so i'm just out here in the world trying to navigate not knowing that i'm overwhelmed with, with all these emotions, because I had spent 22 years about lying about these emotions, about internalizing these emotions. Um, and every emotion, every feeling, I would put, you know, something would happen in my life for, two, you know, up until that point, for, like literally for 22 years, something mm-hmm. would happen in my life. And I would, I would open up a door on the inside of me, internalize that emotion, close that door and slam it. And I never dealt with feelings. I never processed anything. So I had 22 years of unprocessed emotions. Imagine things that happen on an everyday thing. Uh, it's 86,400 seconds in a day. So mm. imagine 22 years of unprocessed emotions. I mean, all that baggage, and that's what we do. Um, we, 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 we take Monday into Tuesday, and we take Tuesday into Wednesday. See, every day has its own set of issues, its own set of problems, its own set of uh, mistakes, uh, letdowns, happiness, success stories every day. But if we continue to take, you know, one day into the next, then that's how we become overwhelmed. At 22 years old, I had, I was taking day by day, weeks. I was taking decades into decades, and and it's just I was just overwhelmed. Then I got to a point of I didn't have the hope anymore. I didn't have the belief. Um, you know, you, 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 I think that, uh, 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 you couple me being adopted, that's my root. And I always tell people every individual, you want to know an individual, you have to understand their why they, mm-hmm. you know, think about a tree, think about a tree, a tree has one big root and then it has many branches in life as people, we deal with the branches, branches that fall, branches that wither away, branches that grow back. Mm-hmm. We don't deal with the root, the most important thing that holds the tree together. And my Mm. root is adoption. Mm. Everything, 95% of every decision that I've made stems from me being adopted. Like me, the feeling of me being in any room and not feeling like I'm good enough. Um, Where do I belong? Why why me? Um, You you know, I was born into an African-American family, but yes, you know, luckily enough, because, you know, people on the outside, they think that we all look alike. So, yes, you know, I, I'm 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 with an African-American family. I'm African-American, but I know I don't look like my adoptive mom. I don't look like mm. my adoptive dad. I don't look like my adoptive sisters. But yet I have to go into the world where people match, mm. people match each other. You got to realize something. I mean, for, for 16 years, I didn't see anybody that looked like me. 
Right. For 16 years before before I met my biological mom, I didn't I didn't see anybody that was blood related to me. I mean, we go you're around people that are blood related to you every day. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of it. But for me, I went for 16 years. I didn't know who I belonged to. And then you 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 live with this big question of why? Why? Why am I adopted? I mean, the older you get, the less you understand. You know, mm-hmm. when I was younger, it was it was, you know, you know, you get confused and you, you know, but the older I get, it's like you know, why? Like, why? The, the why increases and it under, you, you know, it doesn't get any better when you have kids because then you right. under, then you you love your kid enough to where you would like, I would never. So then you, your why increases. And now I'm 41 and my why is still the same because I mm. still understand the why of how could somebody give birth to me and give me up. So all these things, you know, you think about I'm 22 years old. I got all these different things going on. And at the time I was dealing with all these different emotions, but the, what triggered me the most at, at that moment, 20 at 22 was, I just was a new father. Now I never was ready to become, we never already become parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care how, how much practice you have. I never was ready to become a father, but I, it, it's different when you're, when your child comes premature and that mm-hmm. was very, very triggering watching her come out one pound, mm-hmm. you could fit her in the palm of my hand. literally, uh, the six weeks she had to stay in the doctor, not knowing if she was going to be alive when I came back every single day, that yeah. it's not the, it's not the, the me being adopted. It's not my parents divorcing at 13 uh, and, and me dealing with the effects of having to deal with uh, interior design of everything changing in my life. Not, yeah. not meet my biological mom at 16 and, and being disappointed to realize that she wasn't strung out on drugs and she didn't live on the other side of the world. Mm. She lived, 25 minutes from me my whole life and she had her own house she owned her own her own job her own apartment that's not what set me off that not 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 me me going through my own divorce i mean what really triggered me not my grandfather dying my most important person in my life and not all these different things not those things didn't send me over it was the fact that me being a new father and dealing with the idea that my daughter had to struggle in life and then I had you couple that with me losing my job at the, around the same time. You coupled that with me and her mom going at it, and we're at Christmas time came. I couldn't even see my daughter for Christmas. My my daughter's first Christmas. Not only could I not afford a present for her, I couldn't even see her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, it's I want people to understand. I didn't get up March 11, 2005, and just drive myself to the Golden Gate Bridge because because like I was just having a bad morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just the accumulation of that. I'm picturing that tree now that you said that. I'm like, every time you say something, think about this, but then that root. Were you able at that time, were you able to understand that or did it take moving forward through healing and and processing for you to understand that? It took me, I I didn't get any of this until I got 30. Uh, Okay. So for 30 years, I lied and scratched and crawled to try to get by um, mm-hmm. and live in a and live in a world that that just I just I tried to just figure out how to get by every day, you know, thinking that eventually I was gonna die. Um, mm-hmm. By thirty, I was up to twenty two suicide attempts. <laughs> you know, this is this oh, is not that. yeah, this is not uh, yeah. The go the bridge is number eleven of twenty. I did not know oh, that. That's not number one, <laughs> or it's not the last one, and it's not the last. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Number eleven. It's the attempt number eleven. The bridge is attempt number eleven, and okay. it, it was you know eleven more after that. By the time I got up to my, in my thirties, twenty thirteen, 10 years ago, I was up to twenty two suicide attempts. And so I I understand when people when people say the dark place exists, I understand because I was the mayor of it. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I opened up. I I got housing. I I I decided to live there. Well, most people go. Yeah. You know, just go there and visit and, you know, try to get out of it. No, I, I said, no, this is my life. And so I understand it to a standpoint of I've tried, I've pretty much done everything outside of getting my hands on a gun. Mm. So I understand what cutting feels like. I understand what alcohol mm. poison feels like. I understand being an alcoholic and I understand cutting. I understand uh, uh, trying to drown yourself. I mean, so many different things, you know, car accident. I, I've, I've, you know, crash cars and, and, total six car. I mean, I just, it's been a whirlwind of, of emotions of trying to get myself out of pain. And so yeah. I got to the point of loving me as I'm in pain. And that was the, the, everything changed when I decided to love me. 
Um, I, I was I was living my life and I, I've made decisions in my life because I didn't love me. I didn't know how to love me. I didn't know what loving me looked like. Mm-hmm. Let's put it in like figurative terms. You 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 created like a toolbox of things to help yourself with, I guess, at, at a certain point. Are you still constantly thinking that toolbox isn't big enough? Like I need to add on better self-supporting, self-loving things to it just to make sure. You know? Absolutely. You, yeah. isn't that, isn't that, I tell people all the time, like this is a I, I'm in it. Like mm-hmm. I don't. My, my story is not a story of oh he overcame it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It's we hear a lot. It's lo- I, we love those stories, right? We love them. I mean, we 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 clap and we applaud. Like we we love when you get to the mountaintop and you can look down and tell us that hey you can get here too. But what about us that 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 maybe have to live at the bottom of that mountain forever? Yeah. And it's a big difference. It's a big difference because I have to speak life to the people that maybe not may, maybe not ever get to that mountaintop that may have to live at the bottom and say, you know what? We have to find refuge where we're at. And that the best yeah. solution for life is to accept life the way it is and not try to better it and better it and try to and try to keep climbing and keep falling back to the same spot. But what's more important is loving yourself just for the journey, even just if it's journey. just on the foothills of that mountain, right? We, we, we spend time worrying about the destination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's the journey. It's the journey. Life, it's not Because a lot of us don't even know where we're going. So if I if right. I don't know where I'm going, then I miss I miss where I'm at. God, that yeah. I have just a history of depression, and sometimes, yeah, that almost seems what you're talking about, the top of the mountain, seems so unattainable. And I'm like, I don't even know what that's like. Like, I, so yeah, it's like a constant daily struggle just to focus and just make it through day by day. And I, you, gosh, you saying that almost makes me feel like. Oh yeah, okay. So that it is like that. Like it is. It's not just me that feels like it's not attainable. No, you got to slow down life. I tell people all these myths and her time heals wound. No, it doesn't. Right. When they tell people take one day at a time. No, some people have to take one second at a time. It's yep. eighty six thousand four hundred seconds in a day. If you ask me what I'm doing next week, that means that's in a million seconds. Gosh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Why I, I can't? I can't let's slow down here. I'm only in control of right now. I, I only know what, what I'm doing in the next five to 10 seconds. Like, oh let's, my gosh. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't, like I, I, that's for me. Some people, some of us are different, but some of us that are, that I, I have extreme anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't yeah. ask questions. I suffer from extreme anxiety. I don't ask questions. Why? Because it, it creates anxiety for me. Yeah. I don't have to, yeah. I don't want to look at questions. You can ask me whatever, but I don't, I don't prepare for anything because I I am a moment person and I have to learn myself to understand that so that I don't put myself in situations that would trigger me. Do you feel like, you know, how, um, and you read about it, you know, you should live in the moment. You should be here now, all that. Do you feel like it's, it's a positive thing that you are that way now that you are moment by moment, or do you just feel like it's just the daily, the way that the struggle is, or what's your take on that? I believe it's the most, the best place to be is in the, like this moment right now we have that I'm having with you, Shannon, Yuri. I'll never get this moment back. Mm. Gosh. It's it's priceless. I I, I can't, I can't, you can pay me all the money in the world and we can't have this moment back. Yeah. And that's the good, that's the good we can take from this that is, is that you good. really learn to be, yeah. And some might not ever learn that. And, but it's something that I'm, I feel the same way. I've lived five minutes at a time too. I, when I was younger, at least not as bad now, but like that mentality anyway, I mean, I still try to live in the moment too, but you know what I'm saying? Like you were saying every second, but I related so much what he said and I, I, I get this way. Um, when, when I, well, most of the time, but I I do get that way if someone says to me, well, what about, what about this tomorrow? I'm like, I am literally taking it hour by hour, minute by minute. I don't know. So when you, when you were saying that, I was like, I can totally feel that. I totally get that, but I don't look at it as a positive. Like I need to be overwhelmed with tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I tell people all the time, I get overwhelmed. Please don't ask me about tomorrow. Mm. I get overwhelmed. I I literally cry on the inside when somebody asks me about tomorrow. Yeah, I do because it's so much that to be done today. Like what today? Yeah, like you know, (laughs) you know, I'm a numbers guy. So so for me, when I got into the mental health field and I got into this, and it became my whole life, I've always been numbers. So when I learned the numbers in the mental health field, 
I, I can't, you can't ask me about tomorrow because then you, we, we lose one person every 40 seconds. So if you mm-hmm. ask me tomorrow about tomorrow, then it get, negates the 2,160 people that I lose per day. Mm. Yeah. It's oh. I tell yeah. people all the time. It's different from me. It, you can mm-hmm. you can live your but I can't. I'm one of the most empathetic persons in the world, and I have embraced that. Like I'm okay with it. Not not being like not accepting it has caused me the most turmoil. Not thinking that I'm not gonna think about the man that's on the ground in the Philippines right now. Yeah. Thinking I'm not gonna think about the homeless man or the homeless family that that can't hasn't been able to eat for weeks or days or months. Not trying to trying to challenge myself not to think about them has been the, my hardest thing. Not tr- not allowing myself to think about them. I just allow myself to be me. But and the best thing you've probably done is to learn that's a good thing that you you have that empathy and you do think about those things. I think in other cultures that's more valued and ours not so much. That that sort of thinking and ours ours is more keep on keep on the track, keep killing it, keep you know what I mean. Well, that leads me to a question that I had for you. The moment you said empathy, uh, compassion fatigue, and where you can, uh, you know, talk about something or, or have empathy for people who have, are experiencing what you do or have. And I guess my question to you is how, how is that for you? Because my, my guess is that you talk about this all the time because that you're an advocate. And I'm just wondering, how does that, how do you protect yourself from it? How do you, that empathy? I have to learn every day because my, my, it's been tough because when I first got into this, the mental health field, I didn't even know the mental health field existed. 10 mm-hmm. years ago, I didn't even know it was people in the world like me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We, 10 years, 15 years ago, we didn't have words like triggers and stuff. We yeah. Didn't yeah we didn't. Now, and so now I'm yeah. learning. I, I'm learning every day to put to put me at the top of the, of, of of my list mm. um, mm-hmm. before you know before any and everything else because a health a hundred percent me can do more for the world than a fifty percent mm. and, yeah. and I yeah. had to learn that I had to learn that in order to get the best me I, I have to put it in me and nobody can once I learn the capacity of my cup I realize that nobody in the world can pour into me so when I get overwhelmed. I can't expect somebody to pour into me. I have to be, a, I have to, you know, not be pouring. Like I don't even pour into people anymore. Like the, I tell people all the time, the world gets my overflow. Like this is all this energy you get is my, is, is the stuff that can't stay inside of me. Mm-hmm. I keep enough inside me so I'm filled up. So I'm right. not drained. So my battery is drained because I, because once I get drained, there, there's nobody that, there's nobody that can come because right. I have too big of a cup. Because I, I'm 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 loaded with this stuff, and so I had to realize myself, and that's part of just learning who I am. I don't have an expectation for somebody to come help me and pull me out of this place. Like I have to be mindful of where I, what the things that I do, what I eat, where I go, the things that I tell myself, my environment I put myself in. We have to have a bigger expectation on ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's something I know. That's a hard thing to work on to maintain. You gotta. Go back sometimes and go, wait a minute, I have for a while I haven't been taking care of me first. And you gotta do that to help others. That's yeah. for sure. We have to we have to get to a point when we realize our own power inside of ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have this built up expectation in people and we don't have none no expectation of ourselves. We have to have accountability for ourselves, an expectation of ourselves. Something has to it has to start with us. We we are looking we, we reach outer, you know, instead of reaching inside of ourselves yeah. and say, what, 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 everything that we need in life is inside of us. Yeah. The right. people on the outside just help us navigate to pull it out. Mm. They don't put, yeah. nobody can put things inside of you. Okay. All right. Cause I get a little excited. <laughs> well, no, that's <laughs> true. Great, though. That's true. And I it think, is. I think in our culture, it's even rougher because so much is coming out you externally from the media, yeah. from everything yeah. that you get all these ideas of what you should be, what you should look like, et cetera. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, you're bombarded with it. Yeah. The reason why I know that it doesn't matter that nobody can put nothing inside you is I've been to, I've been to death by suicide funerals. So that's why I know it doesn't matter. You can't put stuff inside of people because I've seen thousands of people at a funeral mourning one person, thousands of hundreds of people get up and talk about the love that they have for that person. But that person that inside that casket couldn't feel it. Right. So, so yeah. that's how I know that you can't put stuff inside of people. 
when you when you decided um, to go into this and advocacy and mental health, and I'm guessing that was maybe 2013. Was that did was it because you said, OK, I'm going to do this? Or did someone ask you to speak about it? How did that happen? May in um, so 2013 came around um, and I was still suicidal, um, still wanted to end my life. Um, my my mom wrote Officer Briggs, um, who's that officer in my photo. Um, yeah. and you got to realize for eight years, we never had contact. I never even knew a cop saved my life um, oh. for years. I never looked at the photo. I never dealt with that day. <laughs> mm. um, so for years, I thought it was another human because I would have did it for another human. And because my because I'm a black man from Oakland, California, and my reputation with law enforcement was horrible, sure. I never in a million years would have believed that a white officer <laughs> would intervene on my behalf sure. saved my life. That's just the reality. I'm a very honest person because we have to get to the honesty and get to the core of things so we understand. Yeah. My mom wrote that officer her letter saying, thank you for being Kevin's guardian. Thank you for saving his life. He held on to that letter for eight years. I don't know why. He's a weirdo. That's, <laughs> that's basically the way I can say it. 2013 came around and AFSP, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, they were honoring, um, they do a I, they, they do a Lifesavers Award gala, fancy thing in New York every year, and they honor somebody for the Lifesavers Award. That particular year in 2013, um, it was for Officer Briggs, you know, for him being the guardian of the Golden Gate Bridge. Him saving, you know, or intervening on, you know, over 200, you know, you know, oh, so it was other people. Yes, it was. It was oh. Yes, Officer Briggs has saved or intervened over maybe 200 oh. so oh, over the last amazing. over his career or some. So, okay. um, for a Lifesavers Award. So, they were reaching out to him to see if somebody can present him the award. He gave, he thought about my mom because of the letter. Huh. And so they reached out to my mom. He went up to my mom, drove out to my mom, I guess, or whatever. And I don't know anything about this because I told my mom when I found out that that picture, that photo was of me was front page of the San Francisco Chronicle. We're not talking about this day. So mm-hmm. for eight years, I didn't talk about that day. I didn't sure. I didn't deal with that photo. So when Briggs reached out to my mom, my mom knew that I wasn't going to talk about this photo. And my mom didn't want to fly because she, you know, been dealing with some stroke and different days. So she's not flying. So mm-hmm. she... I don't even remember what she said. She just convinced me enough to she, to to get on a plane to go to New York. Um, we don't even know what it. I don't even know what it was for. I just know I was getting on a plane to go to New York, and I didn't find out until I went to New York exactly why I was in New York. Um, wow! I got on a plane, you know, suicidal and all. Not, I mean, but it was like a free trip to New York. It, you know, we called the Big <laughs> Apple. Like, you know, it was. Yeah. Wants, everybody wants to go to the Big Apple. I mean, it's uh-huh. see it on TV. And it's just yeah. like, why not? I mean, I don't have nothing else going on. I get out there, and um, when I get out there, I find out the radio station, um, and when I get to the hotel room, is is reaching out to me. So I'm going to I'm going to tell them like, hey, I'm not my mom. <laughs> and they reach out to me and they leave me a message and said, we want to talk to you about your eight year reunion with your first responder. And I said, my eight year reunion with my first responder. So I said, let me call you right back. I called my mom. And I said, mom, why am I here? She said, oh, you're going to meet the man in the photo. Oh my God. And that's the first time you had talked about it. It's the first time we have talked about it. I'm in New York. I do an open interview on the radio, no dead air time, live on the radio. They they talked to me about my events leading up to March 11, 2005. I've never talked about this day in my life. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That prepared me to meet him. I get into the Columbus Circle. We meet, we shake hands. And when I shook his hand, it was like something in my life changed. Um, oh. I shook his hand, and it was like it was the first time. First of all, it was the first time in my life that I I, I was around. I, I shook a cop's hand, and then he didn't smell like a cop. He didn't look like a cop. See, you got to understand my idea of what a cop is mm-hmm. is all bad. Like everything mm-hmm. about what the media portrays of how African Americans look at the police is true. Yeah, I'm gonna let you know we. Don't talk to the police. We don't affiliate with the police. We don't look the police. We don't. There's no relationship. Sure. Yeah. Sure. All. And so shaking this officer's hand, it changed. And I remember I, he had his captain with him. And his captain, we walked over to where his captain was. And I shook, you know, his captain's hand. And I'm like, these are cops. And I couldn't believe that they was cops. And I remember his captain said something like, man, we got to get on stage pretty soon. If I would have known we was getting on stage, I would have had another shot. This is what happened. When he said that, something on the inside of me said, wait, you guys are human? 
We don't realize as citizens that when cops, law enforcement put on a uniform, they're still people. They still got goals, dreams, families. Like we, I don't, we, we have forgot. I forgot. So mm-hmm. we get on stage and we talk, and Briggs gets up there, and the Yahoo documentary goes up. And I remember this, my this photo, this photo that I hated to look at. I only saw it twice. I saw it the time that I got out the the, the psychiatric hospital. I saw that it was front page of the Chronicle, mm-hmm. and the next time I saw it. Um, my ex was using it again in child custody hearing, making it seem like that I would hurt, do something to hurt my kids. Mm. So twice in eight years, I saw this photo twice. The third time I'm seeing yeah. this photo was in New York. It's plastered on the jumbo screen, and I remember the audience goes, and I look at the photo, and for the third time, say three times a charm. I look at the photo, and I accept that it was me in the photo. Mm. See, when you accept something about yourself, it no longer defines you. For eight years, that photo yeah. defined me. Um, when I accept uh-huh. it. The photo it no longer defined me i got up on that stage and i talked openly about everything that led me up to that day it was the first time in my life that the person that i i have been this person my whole life right mm-hmm. hit this person from the world it was the first person time that i was i was kevin ah oh, wow. first time it was the first time in my life that i that i was open honest i was vulnerable i was sensitive i i, I was I, I wasn't hiding my emotions i was kevin <laughs> And how did that feel? Was did it feel good or was it, it felt, scary? It was, it was so powerful. Um, I remember after I finished speaking, the whole crowd stood up. It was about four hundred people in the room, and I didn't know what was going on because I never been involved in standing <laughs> ovation in my life. Yeah. And as soon as I started to go down to my table, um, the life changing moment happened. This is the life changing moment of my life. It wasn't the bridge. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. It, it wasn't meeting Briggs again. Um, it wasn't enough. It wasn't going to New York and that standing ovation. Ah, that wasn't enough. The moment was changed when I got down to that, that, that table when I, and, and it was a lady, it was a line starting to form and it was a lady waiting in line. And she had been, you could tell she had been crying, um, for hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she said, um, Kevin, I have to tell you something. She said, I wasn't even going to say this, but I told my husband that I have to tell you this. She said, um, she said, I, 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 I I haven't slept in five years. She said, my son Jacob lost his battle five years ago. She mm. said, I haven't slept for one moment, Kevin. She said, but I told my husband tonight I'm going to sleep, Kevin. And the reason why I'm going to sleep is because you told your story and I can better understand what Jacob was going through. Oh, um, wow. Things happened in that moment. In that moment, I realized I wasn't alone. And the second most important tool um, and the most powerful thing that we all have to take advantage of is that it was, I realized that it was so much bigger than me. Cause I couldn't understand yeah. how the, the worst day of my life could, could give anybody hope. Right. I looked at this lady and I couldn't understand. You understand that the worst day of my life, you're, you're going to sleep tonight. And something, something, something changed in me. And I always say the New York Kevin was emerged and the New York, New York Kevin had to go back and meet the California Kevin. Cause the California Kevin was lying about who he was, was ready ah. to die. The New York Kevin was, 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 was just fierce. And he had this power about him and he was thinking about this woman. He was thinking about the fact that how how much he impacted this room and how much he can impact the world and how much he can do with 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 this with this terrible moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how much it, it, this terrible moment can change people. And so I went back and I flew back on May eighth, um, on twenty thirteen, mm-hmm. and and it took me some time to get it together. But on May twenty first, twenty thirteen, um, three thousand seven hundred and eighty four days ago, <laughs> three thousand seven hundred eighty four wow. days, ago, ten years, four months. And, and, and literally what's that nine days ago, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I woke up and, and, and it was the first day I didn't want to die. Oh. It was the first day of my life. May 21st, 2013 was the first day, 821.13. It was the first day I woke up and I didn't want to die. First day of my life that I mm. woke up, oh. that Kevin Berthea woke up. Cause I've been dealing with this my whole life. Yeah. Every yeah. day of my life since the moment that I've come into the world. Yeah, yes. I I was I was given up from birth. So yeah. Timothy, I'm trying to tell people from from the from from the moment that I came into the world, my first night sleep, my first morning waking up, I felt like I wanted to die. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of it. So this, this is the yeah. first day that I woke up and I said, whatever I have to do, I realized that nothing in my life was 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 allowing me to want to live. Mm-hmm. I was I was in a relationship that made me want to die. 
I had a job that made me want to die. I had friends that made me want to die. I ate food that made me want to die. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I had to change everything. See, we, when we're in this dark place, we'll just mirror that dark place that we're in and everything yeah. will, will, you know, come and see the one thing about that dark place. There's no time in that dark place. I tell people all the time, the reason why there's no, there's no time, there's no clocks in casinos is they want to lock you in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They want yeah. you, they want you in there. They don't want you to worry about time. The dark place is the same place. It's no, it's, it's no clock in there. I don't, we don't know 10 years went by. We don't know two years went by. We don't know two hours went by because we're in that dark place. And I lived in that dark place for so long. When you said you were the mayor of it, I was like, wow. Like I lived there. Like I, I figured out a way that there was no point. It, it, it wasn't about the light at the end of the tunnel. I realized that the tunnel is it was my ground, my resting ground. Yeah. The, the, the light at the end of the tunnel is not the illusion the tunnel is. We are the light. See, we're looking for something that we are. Mm. There, there is no light it's because we're, we're seeing the reflection of what what's inside of us mm. and the reason why we can't see it is because we're in that dark tunnel and sometimes we have to realize that's why we have an expectation of people that's why it's important for you to accept who you are in the tunnel so the right help will come and you won't think that you know you'll realize the help that you need as long as you don't accept who you are and love yourself in the tunnel then you'll c- constantly allow the wrong the right help to just keep passing you by right i have heard you say uh, everyone has a why so do you that day that you woke up and you said okay that was the first day you didn't want to die what exactly was your why to get your story out was it what what was it or was it you like you you finally accepted yourself and that was your why me, me i'm my why I no longer have a built-in expect. See, we have a built-in expectation of stuff to happen in order for us to to have happiness. The moment my eyes open, I'm good. Mm. It that I don't need anything else to happen. I don't. I don't. I don't need my 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 whether whether my bank account was the same from the night before or last whether 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 people smile at me or not whether whether somebody notices me acknowledges me whether i get whatever i decided to get or didn't get the moment i, I my eyes are open i'm good mm. that's, that's the expectation for me i realize i'm my why I, i'm i'm my why because because if i wasn't if i wasn't my why then i wouldn't be alive yeah Right. Do you always have the image of the tunnel too in your head, like you were talking about? I always have that because I think that's powerful. It's going to stick with me. I live in the tunnel. I live there Mm -hmm. because because that's the reality of what we deal with. We have we have every individual is one triggering event from living in that tunnel. I believe that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We we have to understand that we have to always see light because we are it. I I love that analogy. Yeah, I really do. That that will stick with me. That's a a neat way to look at that. Yeah. Helpful, helpful way. When, you know, we, we talk a lot about the the stigma of mental health and, and I think we talk about it a lot because the more you talk about it, the, the less it will be hopefully one day. It sounds like when you got on that stage, you just, it, it came out and you were like, okay, I'm talking about it. Then from that point forward, were you ever nervous, hesitant or anything to talk about it? Not nervous. Um, I just had to, over the last 10 years, I had to realize that, Kevin, you're not a speaker. Um, <laughs> I think you are. Give the world your heart. You know, because <laughs> a lot of times in the beginning, I was trying to format this and try to make it. And it was just like, no, just give the world your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and from then, it's just been, you know, I'm never, the anxiety comes from the, the moments like, you know, the technical stuff, like, you know, am I going to log on right? Or, you know, <laughs> sound check time, not actually on stage. Never. There's never nerves. I could do this in front of a billion people. Yeah. Uh, you know, wow. I, I can stand in front of, you know, I wish I could put every broken person in the world in one place and, and, and really just tell them how important they are. And, and, and that they're, the if insignificant things that they've done in their life that they think they're insignificant by are, are and they're holding their standards by these things. It's like, no. You're not mm-hmm. defined by those dark moments. You're not defined by your mistakes. <laughs> you're yeah. not. You're, right. you're, you're, who you are is, is, is everything that that is instilled inside of you. You're, you're still able to become that, no matter what you've done. 
it, it, it's no trajectory on when you're going to make your success. Like everybody can't be successful at the same time. There's so many things I want to tell people because we get into these moments and we feel so alone. There's nobody in the world that's dealing with something by themselves. There's somebody else dealing with the same thing at the same time. But the problem is because they don't look like us because they don't have the same religion, because they don't have, you know, the same background in us. We think that we're alone, not knowing that it's somebody somewhere in the same situation yeah. as us, dealing yeah. with and, the same thing. And your definitions of what is successful, ours has changed radically. So we don't reach for those same things. Yeah, we used to be that. Anymore. And yeah, we had a big life lifestyle life change. And a lot of it was just the branches. That's what it was. It was like the branches when you think they're just catastrophes, catastrophes, and then you yeah. get to the root of the problem and you realize you're living this inauthentic life, which is yeah. what we were doing. Success ebbs and flows. I mean, some yeah. days it could be if I get something good out of the garden, man, my day <laughs> is made. It's the smallest yeah. things. Because because we live in a world that we, we we're so used to like, oh, I got, I, you know, success is 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 brushing your teeth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somebody yeah. somewhere couldn't do it. We, we forget yeah. So yeah. success is take making the bed. Success is, is 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 opening your eyes and maybe I didn't feel like getting out of bed, but 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 I I I'm alive. And and, and some may I may be suicidal, but I'm alive. That's success. Like success is being here. Success is fighting every day. Success I so many different levels. We we think success is 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 is, is a monetary it has nothing to do with money. No. No. Success it it, 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 it will never have anything to do with money. If you if you if you tell me that success has dignity with money, I'll 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 say, well, why is the richest person in the world depressed? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How can the how can the rich even think about wanting to die? Yeah, because it can't. It's not a monetary value. No, right. You no, know, this thing is it's the one thing depression can hit you. From, it, it does. It's the one thing that touches. It, it, it touches us all. It's the one thing that connects us because it, 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 we're human and we got to have feelings. We got to have emotions. So it's the one thing that any of us can be susceptible to. Do you live in Oakland still? I live in Brentwood, which is kind of the okay. Bay Area. Same yeah, yeah. yeah. About an hour, so hour away. I know that the the day at the bridge was not, you said, wasn't the only one, but it, it just seems like a, a massive trigger. Is it? Uh, now, now I, I've, I've learned to, it was for eight years. The eight years that I didn't talk about this day, mm -hmm. nightmares every night, every time that I was around wind, I couldn't even yeah. think about that place. And and you got to realize something. When I went to the bridge in 2005, I didn't know how iconic the Golden Gate Bridge was. I didn't know it was iconic for suicide. We didn't. Oh. Uh, Google and you and, and, and YouTube just came out in 2005. True. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. We don't realize that information, if you didn't know about something, you just didn't know about it. And information, so I didn't realize. So now it's like I had to kind of accept the bridge because if I didn't, this, this, I would be triggered every day because yeah. Yeah. you can't talk about San Francisco. You can't see an image of San Francisco without it showing the bridge. Right. I mean, you can't, if you tag yourself in Facebook. You know, and say I'm in San Francisco. You know what it shows? The bridge. The bridge. The bridge. Postcards. Every postcard <laughs> in, a, in a, around the whole world has what on it? The bridge. Yeah. The, the Golden it State is, Warriors on their. The Golden State Warriors. The bridge. Yeah. It is. You can't get around it. I'm thinking for you, Kevin. To I mean, again, to me, that's how we that's how we found out about you. So then mm -hmm. it's like that becomes your almost trademark. Like I feel well, like I, it, it's I mean, it's to, your life. Accept it and realize. Kevin, you're the bridge guy. You will always be known as the why because for one, you have a photo. Yeah, <laughs> I just. That thousand, yeah. That, I mean, out of all the people in the world, that you you are a representation of hope. Mm -hmm. Like, like for me as a believer, I, I I get to be something. I get to be a representation of something that's way beyond me. Yeah. People get to look at that and say, wow. And I get to be, say, I get to say, I, I went to the bridge for you already. Now yeah. let's work on the things that need to be in place so you don't ever have to go. I tell people all the time, I went there for you. I didn't just go for me. I went there for you. I went there for, 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 for that person in 10 years that's going to want to go. I, I've already done it. And now here's a picture to show you that not only mm. can you go there, I, I went there, but you don't have to go there. That your dark moments don't define you. There's so many different things that I can show you out of this one picture. Yeah. That yeah. Any, anybody in the world can be 
any one of us Kevins. Any anybody in the world can be yeah. that officer. Anybody on that in the world can be me. I know you've said before. I either read it or heard you say you just didn't go to the bridge before that. So what do you think it was? Like, you know, I, I, I'm a believer and I think everything happens for a reason. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, there must've been some iconic plan for that. But why do you, why do you think you decided the bridge? Like why that with the other attempts you've had? And listen, listen for me in a faith standpoint, um, I will never understand that why, because his why will always be bigger than my why. And mm-hmm. I can only tell you that the fr- the, fr- the same Friday that I chose to go to the bridge, at the same time that I was on the bridge, they were inside having a meeting trying to decide whether or not to put up a barrier. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wow. Everything will always be bigger than us. Yeah. Everything yeah. will always, if we make it about us, then we, we, we make it small. Mm-hmm. See, it's so small when we make it about us. It yeah. Is, Life is so small when when we when we when we self-center ourselves and say it's about me. But when you when you eliminate the me and you become the we, it makes it so big. Mm. It creates it creates a domino effect and you realize that you can impact anybody anywhere at any time. Mm-hmm. Can you ever have a mundane drive across the bridge? It would seem like every drive across it would just have so many emotions going on. I have a regular bridge day yeah <laughs> right yeah i will always i will always look at that place and say well i know so many people came here from so many places around the world and they couldn't and mm-hmm. i came here and i said i could then I, and, and somehow i could mm-hmm. and i will always look at that place and say all right i, I went to this place and, and now i'm a representation of of everything that of, that can um and, and and i look at it as a as as every time i think about it every time i see a picture of it it's a, i look at it as a i overcame that yeah. Yeah. When did you decide you were going to move forward with the foundation and, and take it another step? So 2020 came um, and I was under management um, for the first good early part of my of my speaking career. And I didn't I didn't kind of like how everything was being handled. So I got under my own. But I've been to all these places. I've been talking to all these people. And I realized that what we needed in, in the world, we didn't have. From talking to loved ones, from talking to people that have lost people, from from knowing myself and knowing who I am and knowing my heart and knowing that what, what, that that the you know the what 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 we lacked the connection the the, the 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 compassion we didn't have that. So I said, well, maybe I need to create it, and it started off as a small like ah, let me just and it just the more and more I've been putting into it, um, I just went fully in 2021, um, meaning that I'm a full-time advocate, meaning that I quit my job. Um, and this is what I do full-time. That's um, wonderful. And, um, yeah, I don't have a nine to five, so I needed to be accessible. Um, yeah. To, because I had a vision. I had a yep. vision that, that we live in a world and, and I know that I'm 41 now. I plan to put on, put in another 50 good years into this field, mm-hmm. but I know that in 50 years, we still won't look like what I want it to look like. Mm. So I understand that the work that I'm doing, I'll never see. Yeah. It's coming. Kind of, Cause almost like the more, you know, the more you, there is to know, like you just, yeah. 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 But you have to understand, enough. you have to get that. You can't come into the mental health field thinking that you're going to sh- just change everything so fast. It, it, it it's going to take so much time because yeah. we're still living we're still we're still in a in a in a in a 1970 system and we're still handling things. We're still asking questions that we would ask in the 70s to people in 2023. Yeah. So, it's a lot that has to be unchapped. It's a lot that ha- we have to fix and so I'm not expecting but I what I will tell you is that my son's kids We'll see change. Um, we'll see the change. Um, yeah. Um, I, I know my great, great grandkids will grow up in a world where they're able to not have to wait two weeks to get clinical help. Yeah. Um, I, I know. I, I believe. I believe in this. And people say, you got to be crazy. No, you got to be crazy not to believe in it. You got to be yeah. crazy to, to 
to believe that the that it's okay that the world's gonna be like this forever though. Right. I, and they just keep cutting funding, cutting funding I will from it. Never, but nah. I, I believe in a world that that understands that the root is mental health, and yeah. that until we until we until we pour everything into mental health, we will constantly see man kills nineteen at movie theater. Yeah. You know, woman drowns her five kids until we still we won't deal with the why yeah and until we deal with the why and understand that what were those people dealing with six years ago six months ago six days ago six hours ago six minutes ago until we un untap the why then we will always live in a world that we will just deal with the what oh i like that i know i yeah. know i want to get to your fast five questions it's just like this or that it's just to get to know you a little bit better a little light yeah now <laughs> like, for the fun stuff <laughs> yeah um and i will tell you we sort of and now like i've had this conversation i'm like i i, I felt like when we devised it, it was sort of like about self-care and like and and so you might some of it be like there's no way I don't even do that. But I, we just think it's a fun thing to just yeah. ask you. Okay. So the first one is, and it's just, which do you prefer? Morning meditation or prayer or evening relaxation? Morning meditation and prayer. Okay. I was going with that. I said, yeah, me too. me too. Especially <laughs> oh. when you talked about opening his eyes in the morning. Right. That's what I was thinking. Bubble bath or brisk walk in nature? Brisk walk in nature. Okay. There you go. Number three. Yoga session or high intensity workout? Oh man, I don't do either. Um, <laughs> Me neither. I need. Oh, I need. Uh, ooh, uh, I don't know about that one. Um, because the high intensity workout—that's a lot. I'm not. I don't. Know. <laughs> that yoga, that bending, and all that. I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you um, for the yoga, I want to be the yoga person, but I, in the meditation, it's hard for me to calm my mind enough to do, yeah, like, to just yeah, focus it, on it. It's just, you know, maybe yeah. Man, yeah. I would have to, if I have to, if I had to pick one, it would definitely be the yoga. I don't see okay. that. Well, funny, and that's something too. Yoga also has, because we're talking a lot about stigmas today. The yoga, there's still a little bit of a stigma, I think, with yeah. men yeah. doing it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I wish there wasn't because I think in a way I go, well, I'm not so I think that I think that we spend time worrying about the positioning, physical positioning instead of the mental mm. positioning. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. You see That's a picture of it. We're like, I'm not doing that. And it's <laughs> yeah. But I don't think we realize that when you put your body in a position, it allows your mind to relax. Mm. That's what yoga is. It, 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 that and that's what I had to realize. Like I, I, I did some research, you know, because I was trying mm. to understand it. And I think that we don't realize the positioning. Uh huh. It's it's a strain that uh, that comes off of your back that allows your the weight to. It's it, it, so your brain is able to breathe more, and it, it's all for a reason. It's not yeah. like to put you in some awkward position and like <laughs> make you look stupid. Like no, it's like. <laughs> This position and somehow they figured out and in this position and like oxygen gets to your brain and you're able yeah. to, it's like, it's all for a reason. That's it has true. a why. That's Everything true. It's a why. It's <laughs> pretty neat. Journaling thoughts or chatting with a friend? Oh, man. <laughs> Journaling thoughts. That's me journal? too. I like do you journal I do, currently? I do. I do. And little tidbit i i was i i we have a little little um little what is it called theft thing going on in here uh in 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 the bay area i don't know it's it's real bad out here with people breaking in cars so i got my oh. car broken into a couple of months ago i was at a mental health summit and in there and i don't know why because i never put it in my backpack but in my backpack was my journal from may 21st 2013 the journal that started from the day. So I've had to start a new one. Yeah, it oh, took me days to kind of get over that. So yeah, sure. when you ask yeah. the journal, yeah. I still do, still write down um, because my thoughts are valid and important. And sometimes yeah. they, they can't get out. I can't articulate them in words sometimes. Yeah. And so it's good to express them and 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 and, and write them down because um my mind to tell tell it, my mind to say it a, a different way when I write it than when I say it. That's how I am, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. It's valuable for me too, because yeah, if I'm chatting with a friend, it's just going to end up all being surface level stuff. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, really. And I'm going to go, what are they thinking of this? And I, it's yeah. like a whole thing. It's too much. It's too much. It's too yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, number five, and this is just super important, ketchup or mustard? I, I've never had both. I've never had either. And, and you know what? Listen, I know this is going to sound weird. I know this is going <laughs> to sound weird. But I know, listen, I've never had ketchup or mustard in my whole life. So I, 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 I listen. We're joking. I, I know it's a lot about me that people be like, there's no, I said, listen. <laughs> That's the first time anybody's ran through that way. <laughs> I am, I like what I like. Um, mm-hmm. I've been a barbecue sauce guy my whole life. Okay. Gotcha. So okay. That goes on everything. I don't even know. I got traumatized when I was a kid and I'll never forget this. I was at Disneyland. This is why I'm telling you this is serious. It's a true story. Okay. Uh-huh. Six years old, I was at Disneyland. I'll never forget this. And it was a lady. She had French fries. And she like she had the, the squeeze bottle, and she just kept squeezing the ketchup on, and I never so from I every gotcha. time I think about ketchup, I think about that lady who put her that pool of ketchup on them French fries, and so I've never had uh, ketchup. And mustard is just it's yellow, so I, I just uh, I don't uh, know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've it, never had a, that answer. It'd be never. a great icebreaker in front of an auditorium of thousands of people. Yes. The first thing I want to tell everybody is I've, I've never, never had, had ketchup or mustard. Never had ketchup or mustard. <laughs> in my life, no. I was in that. <laughs> that's amazing okay yeah. we've never had that answer i love that answer yeah that's, a, that's <laughs> all unique we never had that okay the question we do ask everyone a little bit more serious or light if you want it to be but uh is kevin what does a life well lived mean to you uh, just i think a life well lived is is a life that you are loving yourself and uh, not having expectations out of anybody but yourself if you're going to have expectations out of, of yourself i think that a life well lived is just um, accepting who you are and, um, and that, you know, everybody say, I don't know what my purpose, I don't know how to get, but you got to first love who yourself is. Like, you're not going to find your niche and what you're supposed to be here in life until you love yourself. Um, and, and it starts with loving you and it doesn't matter what people tell you. You can, people tell you you're great your whole life until you tell yourself you're great. So I think a life, literally a life is, uh, living well is just, is lo- if you leave this world and you love yourself, you've lived your life, your best life. I think mm. that's 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 the best thing you can do because we live in a world where so many people are trying to be so many different things to get gain attention and love for so many different people, and they don't even love themselves. Like I don't want love from somebody that doesn't love themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, yeah. I, I, that's what, but that's what reality. That's the world where we are in the world. Like we live in an expectation people want love from people that probably don't even love themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's as good an answer as I could even I, want to hear. I agree. And I'll tell you, I, I've gotten a lot out of reading the things about the self-love movement. With I think gets a little bit of a, a bad rap sometimes. People think it's a little hokey, but I've gotten a lot out of it. I really enjoy reading things, self-love oriented things. It's really been helpful to me so, and, and for you too, I can tell. So, yeah. 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 I'm selfish. I am. I tell people, yes, I'm selfish. Yes. If you want to deem it as selfish, yes. Yeah, I know. Because oh, my life, my, I have to believe that my life is more important. I yeah. have to. I and that's not me thinking that somebody I'm better than somebody. No, I have to be. I have to be team me. I'm yeah. so glad to hear the the confidence that you have that your life does have meaning because it it. I'm not even just saying it. Like you have impacted us in such a positive way. You've come up in more conversations in our life without even knowing it more than you can imagine. And I'm just thinking if you come up in our conversations and you're so impactful for us, the fact that you're able to now have your foundations to where you can go out and you can spread your story and your advocacy is so important. And I'm so glad you're able to recognize that mm-hmm. because it's so important. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I had to get to a point of understanding me and realize that it's tools in my box that nobody has. Yeah. Yeah, that's there's right. Nobody, there's no, there's no, there's nobody in this world that has my heart. Mm-hmm. Right. There's nobody that cares for people like me. There's nobody that wants the best for people like me. And I had to realize that if that's, that's just who you are, Kevin. So just give the world your heart. You speak on it because you've been there and we've had conversations with, this, with people before just about different things we've gone through with grief and things. And I, I'm like, the worst thing to me is when someone tries to tell me or advocate for me and and they've never been there like don't come to me if you've never been there and the the fact that you're taking that you've been there and then 
just being able to, I don't know, bond or somehow have camaraderie with people where they feel that and they're like, oh, he gets it. Yeah, he gets because it. I, because realized, I had there. to realize the things in my life that I went through, I didn't go through just for me. See, I was complaining. I, I, I keep I kept things from the world. You know, my, my, my attempt at 19 or my attempt at no, I had an attempt at what? My attempt at 24 was a, one of my was a horrible attempt. Right. And I said, I'm never going to tell anybody about that. Right. I was in Montana where they told me that I increased the black population just by being there. I was <laughs> of all places. Right. This, I'm in Montana. And yeah. this lady comes to me at the end and she says, I wasn't even going to come. But, you know, something that got me here and I finally got here and I'm so glad I came. She told me her story and her attempt was the same attempt that I did at 24. Oh, oh wow. You got to realize. She didn't know that about you. She didn't know. I didn't know, I didn't know oh. that about her. She didn't know that. But we are, we are connected by something that I was so ashamed of. Mm. I was so ashamed. But I'm sitting here like I had to go through it because I never would have connected. Here, this woman way in Monta of Montana, of all places in the world. Yeah, I would have never been able to connect. I would have just been able to just listen and I would have had no connection to her. Yeah. But because I had a connection, I was able to talk to her, get her phone number, keep up with her, check on her for about a year. And now she's she went on, had a, had a had, you know, got married, had kid like, but it started with a simple connection. Mm -hmm. It started with me not lying about the place that I was. It started with me loving myself for 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 the things that I've done. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, gosh. This has been so great, Kevin. I'm so appreciative of your time and that you are so, um, I mean, I think it's vulnerable. I think you're very vulnerable to continue talking about it. And I just love that you're so real and authentic because that word gets thrown around, but it's, you really are. I mean, I just appreciate it so much. Really threads through a lot that we do with podcasts and what we do away from the podcast, even just in our, our Daily everyday life. lives. Yeah. Yeah. And, this um, is really impactful. I, so getting yeah. your viewpoints will help us. And I hope we offered some things that might help oh, you absolutely, and absolutely, all that kind absolutely. of thing. I am always going to be a sponge. I will never have, you know, I take, I take something from everybody because we all have something to give. We need to make sure we tell the audience how they can find you. And we're going to link it down on the show notes. Sure. Um, I'm on I'm on all social medias. Um, uh, my Instagram is Kevin Berthia Foundation. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok under Kevin Berthia. You can Google my name and literally all my mm -hmm. information pops up. Um, yeah. Some videos out there, you know, um, and I, you know, I'm around. I always tell people, you know, if you need help, if you're struggling, you don't have a therapist, you're looking for a clinician, you don't know where to start, I'm available. Um, mm. Inbox me, nice. send me a message. Um, I'll send you my phone number. You know, I tell people like I, I, I'm around. Like you can't yeah. say you're alone anymore. Nobody will get it. Okay, I'm right here. I get right. it. Yeah. So you know, I always say if I'm, there's no sense of me being the mayor if I can't help my city. <laughs> oh gosh, we're gonna link all that down. We're gonna put your foundation down there so that people know how they can continue your advocacy. Thank you so much for being here today. It means Thank the you. world. Absolutely, I appreciate you. That was um, life altering. That, Wasn't that it? Conversation. Yeah. It's uh, and I and I think and we we talked with him, I, I think, during the episode, how so much of what he was talking about really threads through our everyday lives, not just what we do on here with our adventures, but just what we do. Yeah. Our mm -hmm. our our just thought processes. You know, we we took a little bit of a break before we came right back to to do our wrap up. And during our little break, just like grabbing some water and stuff, I said to you, Jerry, I was like, there were things he was saying that I was like, that is exactly how I think. Like the way that my mind works, especially, um, you know, for someone like me who is who runs pretty high anxiety, you know, just even looking forward a few hours, but sometimes even the next day or the next week is really hard for me. It's really hard for me to say. Yeah, let me let, let's talk. I can't even think. I mean, how many times do I say I, I just don't know? I don't know. I can't. I can't go there. Mm -hmm. I could just relate to so much, and I I do mean it when I said I, I, the first time I ever saw that picture, it was so just um, I don't know, just so impactful, and just it is really um, I don't even know the word. Just to know that when he said it was like one of his darkest days, the darkest day. 
ends up being this huge catalyst for inspiration for us and then so many people across the world. Well, yeah. Yeah. There's a reason that photo was one of the most 75 most iconic photos. So mm -hmm. um, it really does make an impact. You, you, you look and you can't look away right away. You yeah. Just, all kind of image, you know, thoughts, you know, with that image. And I almost think that no matter what, what you're going through, I think that, I think most people can put themselves, when you see a picture, you almost try to put yourself in those shoes. And so I think that by that, that's probably why it is so impactful because we can all sort of go, oh, you know, what must he have been thinking? What, what triggered it? What, you know, the whole thing we talked about, but I'll just tell you, I, what, um, just a beautiful conversation, a beautiful way that his life has been a trajectory. Um, the other thing that I'll take was a big takeaway is when he said, when I wake up in the morning and open my eyes, that's success. Yeah. Oh, I enjoyed that part a lot too. That, oh my gosh. That, just that part about perspectives on, on what success is and, and it's ever evolving and it's really, well, I think for either one of us, not even close to the idea we might've had when we were a lot younger. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I will say I've said it about a lot of shows, but hands down, that is the most powerful conversation. And I think most life impacting for me conversation we've ever had on this podcast. I would, I would agree with you. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and, and we get, we, we enjoy them all. We but. have, we've had wonderful guests and everyone has their own story. But for me, this just impacted my life in a way that I don't think will, will ever change. I, I just, it was just a beautiful conversation. And, and yeah, just more relatable to us on, on a lot of personal levels, even though our personal experiences can't get close to right. things he's gone through. Um, other in other ways it was just really relatable for us yeah mm -hmm. so we we talked about this we will link his foundation down in the show notes we also uh, talked about last episode that we are we have the thalassophile candle uh that we are um we joint partnership collab with southern oak artisan and a portion of the proceeds are going to mental health advocacy groups the kevin berthia foundation is one of those advocacy groups so you know even if you purchase a candle you'll be being able to help Kevin be able to get out and advocate and talk to other people about suicide prevention and just really make an impact on their life as well. If this episode resonated with you, or if you know of someone who would benefit from anything we talked about today or any episode, our guests or anything, please share it with a friend. It's a great way of supporting the podcast and us, and we really appreciate it. Another way of supporting the pod is by leaving us a five-star reviewer rating on the platform you're listening to us on. Oh, and go ahead and hit that subscribe button because that also supports us. We would love that. You can always find us, links we refer to during the show, and any of the podcast sponsors at arneradventures.com or linked here in these show notes. And until next time, enjoy that journey you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Adios. Arrivederci. Au revoir. Adios. Uh, sayonara. Alvidersen. Uh, dos vidiniana. And adios. Bye. Bye.